Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as Mum to Mr. Ten and Miss Nine, married to at the Malk slash at Malk's TV talk. Have trouble saying no, perfectionist extraordinaire. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Michelle Malkinton. Hello. I don't know if I'm stepping into very dangerous territory or not, <laughs> darling, but podcasting with your wife and asking her questions, look, people, you could hear the first ever podcast a divorce. So I'll start with the first one, if that's okay. Sure. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, it depends on the social setting I'm in and who I'm with. Okay, so if you're in a social setting by yourself, how do you introduce yourself? Well, it depends who's there. Um, usually I just give them my name and we go from there. And usually I try to find out something about people before I step in because I don't like people to be too judgmental. Mm-hmm. And how does your in, the introduction of yourself change if it's who you're with? Well, if I'm with other mums, you know, it's easy to talk about your kids mm-hmm. and you tell them things about your kids and stuff and they, you know, carry on the conversation from there generally. If it's professional people, I do tend to take a back seat a little bit because I'm not currently working in professional circles and I don't often have a lot to offer depending on what their situation is but I'm I'm interested though because you are working but you define what you do as not professional or not in in the same as professional things I see myself more as a backup in my current profession (laughs) well you work you work with professionals. You, know, you get paid to do the job that you do. That's professional, isn't it? Well, I guess it's not so. sex work. Let's be straight out up Good front. Because well, no, it's just spinning in Thanks. circles around. No, no, because <laughs> we're trying. We, I appreciate the sensitivity of of the role that you have, mm. and we don't want to necessarily broadcast that. Yes. But it's a normal job that normal people work at. Yes. That are professionals, and yes. you, I would say by extension, are then also a professional. Well, I suppose so. If you put it like that. I work with kids, by the way, just if you're wondering. All <laughs> legally and safely, yes. Totally legally and safely, yes. What's the biggest thing to have happened to you? Oh, having kids, definitely. That was way more than I ever expected it to be. The, I mean, the... I knew it would be huge, mm-hmm. but they change your life completely. Anyone who says that their life continues as normal after having kids is wrong. Or has a nanny. Yes, a very well-paid nanny. Um, yeah, no. Having children, especially more than one, um, was definitely um, eye-opening. It changed me as a person. Um, hopefully for the better in some regards, but I'm not entirely sure of that. It certainly changed my life because I went from being, you know, independent and single to being married and then having two little people completely reliant on me for everything. And that takes a lot of work so when you talk about having kids you don't necessarily mean the 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 moments or hours of giving birth you mean the broader oh yes kids as responsibilities the ongoing i mean giving birth yeah that's that's a whole other story in itself um but going on and actually caring for children and raising them to have 
you know, high standards and to be valuable humans in the world in which we live and to contribute to society and to be responsible and respectful and all of that. It's just a lot of effort. Your your kids, you mentioned in, in the bio, are, are 10 and 9 right mm-hmm. now at time yes. of recording. That the, the dependence that they have on you now is vastly different to the dependence they had on you eight years ago, isn't Oh, yes. It? Oh, yes. But, but it's But they're different. still dependent, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. How, how are you finding their desire for independence? Oh, it's a bit of a struggle because one in particular thinks that she knows everything. I can't imagine who you're talking I about. I have no idea who I'm talking about, no. Um, they will never hear this podcast. They will never, ever hear this podcast. This will be up for a limited time <laughs> only. Um, yeah. My daughter and I are very alike and very stubborn and we do not bounce off each other particularly well most of the time so when she thinks she knows something it's you know it's black and white and she knows it and she's obviously completely reliable and yet yeah, no no it's just too hard sometimes <laughs> that's also a fairly like in stages of development situation though oh yeah she's growing up she's she's growing up and she's and- testing the boundaries Coming into puberty probably more than we ever wanted to consider. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Um, versus her brother, who is just two years older than her, mm. um, who is a totally different personality and different temperament, but Very. also isn't stretching his wings. He's in in some things though, isn't he? But he's not doing oh, yes. it to the same end yeah. that, to the same strengths that she is. He will do things, but only as long as he he knows that we think it's okay to do it. Yeah, you know. He'll test a little bit like, hey, mum, I'm going to walk to the shops and buy McDonald's. And I'm like, okay, off you go. And he'll like, no, no, I'm not going to yeah, do that. I was calling you really. buff on that. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was just testing to see what you would say. Um, Mind yeah. you, it, it's not like we live miles. Right? We are one oh, no. kilometre away from no. the shops and all those things. And yeah. he has money in his wallet. So both of those things he could do. I would be a little bit reluctant to let him go just without probably <laughs> walking about 100 paces behind him and making sure that he crossed the road safely because he does tend to live in his own little world a little bit. Mm. He's usually too busy thinking about Minecraft or Lego or some other Xbox game Superhero movies. thing. And um, he gets a little bit spaced out and tends not to focus sometimes very well. Mm. <laughs> He's a good boy, though. So what's your experience of family then? My experience of family now is very different to what I grew up with. My experience of family when I grew up was a violent alcoholic father who used to beat us up a lot. Mm -hmm. And my mother got him thrown out, as you know, when I was eight. And so to see my children grow up in a safe and loving home is really really important to me and it's important to me for all kids like if I see kids that are struggling I my heart breaks for them I hate it I can't cope with that yeah I want to rescue everybody and look after everybody and I can't but I don't know about it shut up and (laughs) but I want to I just want everybody to be loved and be cared for in Mm -hmm. the way that they should be I don't want people to be hurt so it's really important to me that the kids, our kids, grow up being loved. It really doesn't matter what they do. 
or who they become. I just want them to know that they're loved. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask about... Um, you mentioned my mum had my dad thrown out. Yes. Do you remember much about that, that day, that incident specifically? Um, I remember the police coming around a lot. and Leading not because, up to it? Yeah. Not because my mum called them, um, but because the neighbours would call. Yep. Because they would hear and they would know what was going on. And I remember one incident in particular where a neighbour came and... Um, and this is the late 70s, yeah? Yeah. And the dad and the mum went and knocked on the door to distract him. And the two boys, who were older teenagers at the time, came around to my bedroom window and ripped the fly screen off and pulled us out of the bedroom window to get us out of the house because we couldn't get anywhere that was safe. Yeah. And, you know, we feared for our lives sometimes. I don't don't think that I realised that quite as much until I actually grew up and realised what my father was actually capable of. Yeah. And, you know, I look back now and I'm, I I don't know how my mum survived some of what she went through. I mean, my father was a big man and, and my mum's tiny. And he used to beat the living daylights out of her, but only where it couldn't be seen. He was always smart enough to bruise her where it was under clothing, where it was hidden. And in the 70s, you didn't talk about that stuff. You know, we went to school and God forbid that we should tell a teacher what was going on in, at home because you just didn't. And the police couldn't really do anything except come to the door and say, hey, stop that. They weren't allowed to, to break in and come yeah. and help you in those days. Did the violence come out of his alcoholism or was it always there independently? As far as I'm aware, it was his drinking that started him being a violent man. Yeah. Um, and please understand, I don't see it as an excuse. I'm no, just asking no, the, the... no, absolutely not. Um, he first hit my mother on the day that she brought me home from hospital because I was a girl and not a boy. So Obviously, you don't remember that, but you've been told. I don't that. remember that, but I do... I, I remember being told that. And I know that my mum lost a number of boy babies through late miscarriage um she just wasn't able to have boys and and sadly it was just one of those things Mm. and so I have an older sister and myself and I was the seventh pregnancy and last because the doctors just said she couldn't do it anymore and he knocked her across the room while she was holding me in front of his mother and his mother never said a word apparently so yeah. Do, do you know, and, and you may not, and I also understand if you don't want to say, mm. do you know if some of those miscarriages that your mum had were, for lack of a better phrase, natural, or were they because of violence from your father? Well, he didn't hit her, like I said, until So I the was first born. time? The, the first, first time, time he, he hit her. actually hit her, but I believe that there was... Sexual violence that may have led to miscarriage. Okay. But I don't know and I don't think my mum ever wants to tell me. Sure. I can understand that. Hmm. Um, That's... That's all pretty full on. Yes. Do you... How has that shaped, having having that as a background, Hmm. apart from wanting to save everybody... (laughs) How, yes. <laughs> how has that shaped your views on, or I won't say violence because that's pretty obvious and, mm. and the way it should be, 
Um, but how has that shaped your views around alcohol uh, or around relationships? Um, a relationship to me has to be safe and, mm-hmm. and secure. Look, I don't mind people having a drink and that, that's fine. Drinking to excess just because you can, I think is probably one of the stupidest things you can do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with it and I see so much violence come out of that and, and people die so easily from that violence and people just don't see that you know unless you've actually been been there and been involved in that you don't know about it and and we're seeing a lot of that play out in the in the media particularly right now well it now, is now absolutely with you know one punch uh, well both uh, awareness campaign as well as people yes. actually being jailed and and yes. people dying from that sort yeah. of stuff and, and yeah. yeah but 30 40 years ago it was nothing my father was never ever uh, charged with any kind of domestic violence. Um, he never was jailed for domestic violence. There was nothing. My parents just got divorced and that was it. Um, and he was still allowed to have temporary custody of us occasionally, which didn't last long after he had left us alone in the middle of Sydney one night. Um, the wow. police and the courts did not see favourably on that. So, yeah. But apart from that, Anyway, he's dead now. So, <laughs> did, did you maintain much of a relationship? As, no. Because it, it wasn't a recent <clears throat> death, but no. you were an adult when he died. Yes. Did you maintain much of a relationship with him? No, not at all. I didn't see him from the time I was 11 until I was about to turn 21. Mm-hmm. And I really only went to see him. My sister kind of insisted he was staying with her because she did have a relationship with him. I'm really not sure why, but that's a whole other story. Um, She insisted I go, and Mm -hmm. so I did. And I went, and I went out to her place. It was out on a property on a farm. And I went out, and I was operating on automatic for about four hours. And I saw this sad old man. Yeah. And he was still an alcoholic. And he made no apologies for anything that had gone on previously. And I saw him and I left. And it wasn't until I actually drove away that I cried. I cried for the, for the father I never had, the father I wanted and I never had. I mean, look, don't get me wrong, I have a fantastic stepfather and he's been in my life for 30-odd years now. But I never had, I never had a dad growing up. Like as a as a as a small times, child, yeah. you know, and I grew up really fast. I was mature, you know, beyond my years at the age of like ten because we had to be. Yeah, you know. Um, well, single mom in the seventies. Yep, and she had to go out and do, you know, scrub people's toilets just to make money because the pension didn't pay for much. So it was hard. Yeah, it was really hard. But that's how it was, and we just got on with it. And I think it made me a really tough person and a very independent person, and I just went on with that. And, yeah, going back to relationships, I just, you know, you have to be committed to a relationship. Mm -hmm. But I would never let anyone hit me or my kids. It's that simple. Not that I'm saying you're going to, I'm just... Or have. Or have. No, 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 no. 
But, but no, no, I, I hear, I understand. That was, this is a rule you have in your life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, we didn't get together until I was 29. And I'd been in previous relationships, but never let anyone get really close. Because there was always that element of, of doubt and worry. And yeah, I always sort of stepped back. So. So why didn't you step back from me? Oh, I don't know. Because I loved you. <laughs> what? Well, and that's fine. I, I appreciate that. I trust you. I'd never seen that before, that I could trust somebody completely. And trust is a, obviously an important yes. thing for you in, in relationships and in life. Yes, absolutely. And I probably don't have as many close friends as I could because I should trust people. I should I should try and see the best in people. It's just that I've been disappointed so many times that I'm just that little bit more reserved, I guess, mm-hmm. about letting people in. What's your favourite takeaway food choice? <laughs> wow, that's... Um, just changing gears. Yeah, totally out of left field. Um, takeaway food choice. Um, gosh, wow. Um, I haven't thought about an answer to that question. You didn't give me that question. I didn't give you any of these I know, questions. I know, and that's why it's really hard. This, see, it's something so trivial, I'm kind of like, what? <laughs> um, well, we have a really good local Chinese, mm, so mm. I'd say they're, they're really good. Mm. Yes. What is your superpower? Superpower? Now, what do you do really well? Um, I do everything really well because I'm a perfectionist. Yes, dear. (laughs) And this is why you shouldn't let your husband interview you. Do I have a superpower? Honey, you tell them. Well, we're not asking me. Yes, you do. Um, Oh, what, we can't go there? No, 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 we can go there. (laughs) Nothing's off limits as far as conversation and discussion goes. (laughs) I just might make you edit it. It's never happened yet. Uh, The... Look, I perceive that you are um, far more organised than I could ever be. And I think that probably comes from the perfectionist streak. You want things to be just so. Mm. Um, So consequently, if, uh, hey, let's go out and do a thing as as a family, spur of the moment, usually doesn't go down well. There has to have been some planning put in place. (laughs) Even if it's the hey, I have this spur-of-the-moment idea for something we could do tomorrow. I, I've learnt to give you at least 12 to 14 hours warning so that the spur-of-the-moment thing can happen. Yes. Because you don't deal well with... Change. No, no, <laughs> no I think you handle change okay. Spons- I don't want to say you handle spontaneity badly because that's... Like, I don't want that to sound like a negative. Yeah. You, you just prefer the known compared to the unknown. True. Very true. So, do you think, what do you think is your superpower? I would say it's organising and, and, and that sort of stuff. Well, yes, organising and stuff, yes. And when I was sort of thinking about this this morning at 5am, as you do, um, I was just realising how much of my life had been devoted to children and working with kids. Yes. And probably, I don't know if I'd call it a superpower, but I really enjoy working with kids and I relate well to kids and... 
you know, I've, I've been a youth worker and I used to run camps for up to 100 children, um, you know, back in the day when I was young and energetic. And, and didn't have kids. And, and didn't have yeah. kids of my own to stress me out. Or me. And yes, 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 my third child. And Hang on. <laughs> and I worked with Camp Quality, mm. um, which if people don't know, that's a camp for kids with cancer. And you go along as a companion to a child with cancer and you basically look after them for the whole week, 24-7. It, camp Quality is designed to be respite care for the family and for yeah. the, the, the kid. Yes. But also to give the kid an experience away. Yeah, you go away. It is fun. It's not all just take the kids away from the parents so oh, they can no. breathe. No, no, no. And it's taking away the kids as well so that they can do normal stuff that other kids get to go on camps and do. But also that they can be with people who understand what they're going through. Like, yeah. so there's other 50, kids going through the there's same There's 50 process. other kids who are going through Baldness. chemo or radiation yeah. or some kind of cancer treatment or have been. And they get it. They understand. And, you know, those kids, they're different. They have a completely different view on life when they have been presented with the possibility of dying at the age of, you know, three, five, eight, whatever it was. Yeah. It changes kids. And... Um, you know, I've I've laid on the grass one night with myself and another companion and our two kids and this little boy, he looked up at the sky and he said, oh, look at the stars. That's, you know, Ben and that's Fred and that's... And he just named all these people that had died that he knew and it was... Yeah, it was so hard to keep it together. Like, myself and the other companion, we just looked at each other and went, don't cry, just don't, just, just go, okay, yep. And he was just so loving about it and just, oh, this is the star we picked out for whoever. And, oh, it was just amazing. But, yeah, and he was, like, I think three and a half at the time and he had a brain tumour and he did actually later pass away, which was devastating to us. But, you know, he, he knew where he was going and he was entirely happy with that. Did that process force you to ponder your own mortality? Oh, definitely. Yes. Um, you know, stop worrying about trivial things, which is really stupid because I worry constantly. About trivial things? I totally worry about trivial things. I worry about everything. I worry about what people think of me. I worry about if somebody looks at me when I'm down the street, I'm thinking, what are they looking at? Um, I've become much more nervous as I've gotten older. I don't know whether that's because I have kids or whether... I don't know, really. I just worry. Mm. Yes. What can't you tolerate? (laughs) Really? Wow. You totally should have given me that question earlier. Um, I would have made a list. What can't I tolerate? I can't tolerate liars. Mm. I hate people lying and lying to my face. I just, I can't stand it. If I catch the kids out in a lie, that makes me more angry with them than if they'd come to me and said, hey, I broke this and I'm really, really sorry. It's when they try to cover things up. You know, when anyone tries to cover anything up, I think it's just wrong. You shouldn't do that. Take responsibility for your actions. Don't lie about them. So, yeah. That and people who break the law when they're driving. Oh, my God. Changing lanes. (laughs) No, seriously. No, 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 I know. You've got a freaking indicator. Use it. Sorry. 
Moving on. <laughs> well, I think they remove the indicator bulb when you buy a car in New South Wales, so I don't, no, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. That's when you come to Queensland. No, I don't know. Look, there are bad drivers everywhere, but it's just infuriating when people almost cause an accident, like right in front of you, because they simply didn't indicate or they just weren't looking. Yep. It's just... Yeah. Anyway. We, we live in a society that... I won't say rewards, but it's, it's where there aren't really the... Um, consequences when it comes to lying necessarily. I mean, certainly there's the legal system and, yes. and that sort of stuff. But beyond that, you know, it's like my perception. I'd like to know yours. If you lie, well, if you get away with it, great. And if you don't, well, you deal with it, mm. drop it and move on. Yep. It's not... How do you how do you combat that with your kids who are at a stage where they're learning mm. and, and will make some poor decisions around you know, lying and telling the truth and those sorts of things. Hmm. How do you how do you deal with that and teach them from that? Oh gosh, well, cheats never prosper. Um, oh, nah, don't go there. There's history to suggest otherwise. I'm I'm sure that karma's going to get them at some point. I hope karma's going to get them because I can't. Um, oh, I just try and teach my kids the best that I know, and just be honest. You know, mm-hmm. if you tell a lie, you always have to remember that lie so that you, you know, have to go back and weave a story around it because somebody's going to get you out. Always. Yep. Someone's going to remember something and going to go, you know what? You, that's not what you said yesterday or last week or last month. Someone is always going to catch you out, I reckon. Even if they can't do anything about it, you're going to be known for being a liar yep. and a cheat. And I think that's, that's wrong. And I don't think that gets you anywhere in life. Yes. What's the hardest truth you've had to deliver? Um, I don't know. Give me an example. I don't know. Have you ever had to tell someone something that was very difficult that maybe cost you their relationship, with the, your relationship with them? Have you ever had to... Um, tell someone you didn't know something that was difficult for them to have to hear or for you to have to tell them? Have you ever had to tell yourself something difficult? Uh, that's where I was just going with that. Um, admitting to myself that I had postnatal depression was, to me, absolutely devastating because I was such an organized person and so in control of everything and then I had a baby and I couldn't do anything right it seemed and I just was a puddle on the floor and I was a complete mess and I didn't want to admit that to anyone least of all myself and and I hid it for a good two years because I knew what they were looking for and so I just I lied on there you go I'm talking about lying oh see lies never prosper either um I lied to medical professionals about how I was feeling because I knew what they were looking for and I thought, no, 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 that's not me. I, no, no, I won't go there. So admitting that to myself was huge. Then telling other people did cost me some friends because, you know, they don't want to be around somebody who has depression because some people just don't cope with that. Yeah. That is their choice. Mm-hmm. It's a loss, but it's their choice. So, 
That's how, how did you find admit, admitting to yourself or acknowledging for yourself that yes, you had um, PND? How uh, did 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 you find that helpful in the long run? Having like acknowledging that and accepting it to be able to then be able to get some help for it. Yeah, yeah. To to get help, yes. Look, it's a massive step for anyone, and I just if I ever talk to other like new mums or you know people who are about to have a baby or something, I'm like, don't don't hide it because so many women have been there and hidden it and not mm-hmm. got the help they needed. And it's cost them the relationship not only perhaps with their child in that bonding process, but it's also cost them their marriage in some cases. Yep. And I, quite frankly, don't know how you put up with me for those two years because I was a mess. So getting help in the long run, probably the best thing I could have done. Yep. I probably wouldn't have done it if you hadn't pushed me, but I did. And I, I might have called it encouraged. Really <laughs> pushed, but pushed, encouraged, same thing. Yep. What's your favourite TV show? Well, and people are going to go, really? No. Um, I absolutely love Doctor Who. I have been a Doctor Who nerd since I was about five. Mm-hmm. And that takes me back to the <clears throat> second Doctor. Um, <laughs> so I remember a long way back. So having now had the reboot, you know, 10 years ago, and then they've, you know, repeated and repeated and repeated the yes. current new series. It's been fantastic because now my kids are really into it. Yeah. And I love that. Be cool if my husband was into it too, but not so much. I've watched all of the new episodes with you. No, you haven't. There's probably a few, a couple of seasons ago that I missed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched all of the Capaldi stuff with you. Yeah, that's Capaldi. I watched all of the ten, uh, all of the Eccleston stuff with you. Most of the Tenant, the Matt Smith stuff fell away for me because I just didn't find him as engaging as a Doctor. Uh, but he was really cool. He is really cool. Sure, I, know I appreciate that people like him. Amy I just, Lauren. for me, see, I I look at the new doctors mm. from Eccleston onwards, and say that Eccleston was by far the, my favourite of the four that we've had to date. But I would put Capaldi and um, Tennant very closely behind him, and Smith. It's it's a football field. Like he did a good job, but I just didn't find him as as engaging. But that's because every doctor's different, right? There's, there's that. They are all different, and it does take you time. See, I I struggle with Capaldi because I'm so going. He's 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 older, and he's not quite as, and he's a little bit mad. But I mean, they're all a little bit mad. But I I don't know. I just haven't felt the connection with him as much, and I'm not sure why that is. Do you prefer broadly the? the original, the older Doctors or the newer Doctors? Oh, gosh. I mean, if I look at it now and I sort of go back to, you know, when I was really watching, which was second, third, fourth and fifth Doctor, I kind of dropped away after that a little bit because I went, this is just getting stupid, which Mm. is probably why the series went downhill. Yes. Um, You know, and I look at it now and I sort of go, oh, my goodness, that's just such a dodgy costume or whatever. And... 
You're referring back to the older doctors. Oh, yes, yeah. you know, and you sort of go, well, that's a man dressed up in a but of really the time, crazy suit. Yeah, at the time, it was fantastic. And, you know, you'd watch that 25 minutes and it would always be, you know, to be continued. It was never like wrapped up in an hour like it yeah. is now. And there'd be three, four, sometimes five episodes and it never was on on a Friday. So you always had to wait till Monday. <gasps> that was devastating. Um yeah, you look at them now and you just go, why was I scared of that really dodgy thing? Anyway, so now I really love the new episodes. I can watch them and watch them again, which is great because my kids are now re-watching the whole lot with me and that's fantastic and I love it. What makes you smile? Lots of things. When people are happy, I smile too. Mm-hmm. When my kids do something really crazy, silly, yeah, it's just funny. You know, they just come out with something. I can't even think of an example right now, but they just come out with something and you just look at them and go, you're nuts, and and laugh. And it's just that joyous laughter. You just can't hide it. It's just, it's part of who you are. So my kids make me smile. My husband's absolutely crazy, so he makes me smile. Sometimes. He's shaking his head now. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's really funny. Um, Why is it funny? Well, you know, life can change very, very quickly, as we know. Um, for us, it's a loaded question, I acknowledge. It is a it loaded is question. the last question I ask as part of the podcast, so it's, it's standard. Okay. In the next 12 months, I... I don't really know. Look, I, I, I really enjoy my job. I'd like to get a little bit more work. I'm only working one day a week at the moment, and I'd love to work some more with the kids mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't know if that's going to be possible, though, given what else might be going on in our life so we just have to it's it's very much a wait and see thing for me yep at the moment as you would know and everyone else can just be intrigued at this point there's more on that to come maybe well thank you michelle thank you for the chance to to chat with you and and, and thank you for your honesty and and for sharing what you have please know the things that you've said are very special and that you're a highly valued person i really appreciate you thank you for talking with me today also i love you and i haven't said that to anybody else on the podcast (laughs) so you can be comfortable with that oh jolly good (laughs) very clearly you're on twitter are there any other social accounts that you want to alert people to acknowledge or admit to no, because I avoid Facebook and Instagram and any of those other things. I don't really go looking for notoriety in the public sphere so much. Twitter's good. I'm happy there. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Lovely Wife is indeed human.